Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. The elderly, people who are older than age 60. That's my topic today. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about their mental health needs. Let's talk about their utilization of mental health services. Let's talk about how people view people who are 60 years of age and older. You know, that's a population that's very special. They have lived their life. They have much to contribute now as they return what they have learned and what they've gained and what they've benefited from from the society in which they grew up. So there's a cycle here of older people wanting to contribute, wanting to give back to the community, something they received when they were younger in their years. You know, it was Freud who came up with the idea that as people get older, they decline in their mental health, just because kind of a natural process. So therefore, they don't need any particular mental health services or counseling or guidance because older people just naturally decline mentally. Well, research over the years has found that not to be true. Freud was not correct on that. People who are 60, 70, 80, 90, sure, they have mental health problems, but many of them don't. The research shows that 20% of the elder population experience some form of mental health difficulties or addiction-related difficulties. So, if you take mental health and addiction together, about 20% of the elder population are experiencing major difficulties with it and need some kind of professional service. Now, when you look at 20%, that's not really too bad because the general population falls somewhere between 10 and 15% that have significant mental health issues and need to have some professional guidance to help them through it. So the aging population is not out of line. 15% versus 20%, nah, it's not that much of a difference. So then do they really get service? Does their older population receive the services that they need? No, they don't, by the way. Medicare has shown that only 4% of the elder population receive mental health services. 20% need it, 4% receive it. So older people are not becoming involved in the process of counseling, the process of therapy, the process of mental health services of any kind, let alone addiction services. Many of the therapists that are available that could see them have retired already or are retiring, so they're not seeing people. So that's one reason their services are not available. The other is that many of the therapists across the country are young. They fall in the age range of 30 to 40, and they're considerably younger than an elder person, and there's a disconnect there. It's kind of like going to a counselor and talking to them and seeing them as they were your daughter or your son or your grandson even. So there's not that freedom and not that comfort level in receiving services from a younger therapist. So they just don't go. Sometimes they're not encouraged to go by family members. The daughter or the son doesn't say, look, let's go to a counselor. I'll go with you. Let's go to a, a counselor. Let's, let's, let's talk about this together. Let's find somebody we can talk to. Let's, let's do it. And then then you can kind of continue on if you like the person and, and, and have some conversation. No, younger families sometimes don't even do that. It'd be good if they did that. It'd be the right thing if they did that. So yeah, take mom and dad, take grandma and grandpa, to a therapist and get some talk going. Maybe a family life would be richer and stronger and better as a result of family coming together or some of the issues of family life being addressed and being resolved. Older people have major issues, depression. I saw a lady today in my office, 89 years of age, depressed, cries regularly, depressed over things that are necessarily understandable. Sure, they're profound to her, but they're understandable. They were just family-related issues that need to be talked about, that need to be settled, that need to be somehow thought through. I see people in my office that are 60 and 70 and 80. You know, 
they come with legitimate concerns, legitimate questions. They just need a legitimate person to talk to and get those resolved and then move on in their life. So older people have a number of topics. Usually has to do with the kids. Usually has to do with something that happened in their life, early life and trauma that was never resolved. Has to do with employment situations that they were in, but never finished it, never resolved the problem and whatever it happened to be. Older people have a number of issues that just need to be thought through and talked about and put aside. Sometimes they just have ways of thinking that are kind of off kilter and off the mark. And they just need to be thought to become more rational or more reasonable in understanding a particular issue that they are you know, concerned with. So therapy, counseling needs to be available. Older people need to be encouraged to participate and be part of a counseling format and live beyond their day-to-day experience and live a life that is compatible but also productive. It was a psychiatrist by the name of Robert Butler. This goes back to the 1960s. Now, remember that. He coined the word ageism. And it was that. It was kind of a put-down thing, but maybe he was just trying to describe older people. Ageism. Kind of a status in life. As people get older, they they kind of fall into a pattern of behavior, a pattern of thinking, a pattern of lifestyle called ageism. Well, that could be a put-down kind of a statement today, and not necessarily is it true. There's all kinds of patterns and profiles of people who are older, very productive, and perhaps maybe not very productive. But ageism is not the idea that now mental health becomes a major problem just because you're getting older. No, only 20% of the population have difficulties as they get older. Forget the idea of ageism. Just look at people as people. Look at mom as mom and dad as dad and grandpa as grandpa and, and so on. Just kind of deal with life in a straightforward way. Try not to put people into categories by age or by racial background or cultural background or you know whatever it might be. Forget all these categories. And just deal with people as people. A person that has a concern, a person that has a struggle, a person that has a problem, a person that has some kind of a stress point in their life. Let's just kind of reach out, become part of the solution, be part of the answer, and help people move on forward and live a life productive and happier, actually, if they can just touch base with somebody that they can relate to, they can respect, and somebody they can talk to, and somebody that can talk to them, and good, you know, can come you know, from it. Let's work together, no matter what age it is. Forget the age factor. Look at the issue of life quality and problem severity. And where there's a problem, deal with it. And where there's potential for greater quality of life, let's address it together. And let's find some people who can help bring about a higher quality of life, particularly for people who are in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90 years of age. Quality of life is still a potential, still possible, still ahead of them. It's worth working for. Hey, nice to have you uh, join me today, and thanks much, and uh, we'll see you again. Bye for now.